This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Okay, sis podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers and of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello, and welcome back to Okay, sis. Do we have a soothing, calm, grounded, nurturing Mads today or what? Is it the fact that you haven't been on a Zoom call for a whole I week? I know. It just brings a smile to my face. <laughs> um, yes, I'm feeling very wholesome at the moment. I'm wearing my, again, Jenny Kane outfit. Just, you know, the embodiment continues and is always in pursuit of. I was listening to Mariana Hewitt's podcast, which I highly recommend. Um, actually, that's my current fixation today. Yep, that's all it. right. And she, well, I'll talk about it in a second, but she had a Jenny Kane ad, and I thought, whoa, that's next level. That's not living the Jenny Kane lifestyle. That's endorsing and getting paid to endorse the Jenny Kane lifestyle. So the Morning Toast also had a Jenny Kane ad, and I almost screamed at my phone when I heard it. Now, Jenny Kane, if you are listening, or anyone who. <laughs> any of the sisters work at Jesus. <laughs> oh god um i would like to endorse the product for payment <laughs> if you would like or to sponsor honestly, the fraud even though i give you free ads every day i i would yes i would enjoy that that is something i would aspire to i would even just say free shit you'd be stoked on Oh, yeah. We, yeah. We don't need to get paid for Jenny Kane. You know, last night, uh, as I was winding down the day, I was scrolling through the Instagram and, you know, I just went to the Jenny Kane home highlight on their Instagram and I just watched it like a movie, like I was watching a movie. It was the most soothing, inspirational insertion of life that I could have given myself at that moment. If Jenny Kane is to you, probably Kelly Wurstler is to me, right? Oh my God, Kelly Wurstler is me. Iconic. Like, you need to follow her on TikTok. Like, she's wacky and the most level of elegance and kind of like with a, a little edginess sprinkled in there. She is delight. 
Do you not see me and Kelly Worsler as an expander for my life? Like if I don't for sure. dress like her when I'm, you know, older with two children, if I don't act like her, if I don't live in glorious. That, and that's how I feel with Jenny Kane. Yeah. 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 That's, this is so you good. Know, you- there was this video and I think I said it to you where she, it, it's just, she's an icon and a legend. There's someone filming her as she walks. Are, into wait, are her- you talking about Kelly or Jenny? Sorry, Kelly Worsler. Okay. She's walking into her Malibu beachside mansion and she's walking through. They're following her from behind. Then you just see the sweeping ocean and then she sits in, in, I mean, to call it a chair is very questionable. It was not a chair. It was some concoction of a seating arrangement and she just lounges down and you're just like, God damn, this is the life, right? Also, her and her husband are such a powerhouse. I was reading up on them because her husband does the real estate for properties like Santa Monica proper, and then he brings her in to design mm. them. And so Damn. not only are they... That's a duo. Not only That's are they racking in the cash on the real estate side, they're racking in the cash on the interior decor side, which is just a full three fucking 60 full in-house stack. situation. Holistic. Yeah. Um, speaking of real estate, what do you think about Kershell? And uh, what's his face? Yeah, one of the twins. <laughs> one um, of the twins. I saw this video. Okay, first of all, talk about like going from a Kelly Wurstler content to this content. Chriselle was like grinding up on him. I think, it's, I think it's Jason. I think that's the one she's dating. Was like grinding up on him. And it was just like the most uncomfortable video I've ever seen on the internet. <laughs> like it just unsubscribe. Has she posted? I don't think she's posted him yet. Yes, she has. She did it like J-Lo style with Ben Affleck and no one, it was not the same level as, mm. as that. You know, I don't know. I There's a few thoughts, but I think they're judgmental thoughts and what happens oh, if it doesn't okay. work out for her career because she works yeah, under the rough. Oppenheim that's group. Boss. That's her boss. So there's that, you know, I don't want her to ruin... Like, I don't want anything to happen between them. And then she's like off the show. You know, there's like a lot writing on this for her career. So that was my first instinct. Just like wanting to protect her success. Mm, that's such a good instinct, Scout. You have great instincts towards feminism. Oh, thank you. You know, I'm really trying this thing because I think that one of my weaknesses in the past has been judging women who don't look like me or have the same lifestyle as me or make different decisions as me aka like they wear a lot of pink or something like something like that and I just used to judge so hard and Mm -hmm. I just have really given that up especially with OKC's podcast because we've interviewed women of all types and when I see Chriselle going for it you know I'm stoked for her I think she had a really rough few years before when she had that sudden divorce and I really just all my intentions and thoughts and analysis of things for people that I don't know but only see on the internet is that I'm just worried about the good stuff for them. Like, is this going to increase good or or decrease good? Yeah, it's going to be a net positive or net negative. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's time will tell with this one. But I also hopefully trust that since she already had a boyfriend since the divorce, that this isn't total emotional rebound and maybe it was quite thought out. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's unclear. Um, We're also forgetting that this could all be fake for the show. Like the show might have just needed a little sprucing. Uh, We don't know. We don't know. Oh, that's a good point. I always forget that that's a thing. Yeah, that's that's very much a thing for sure. Anyways, let's do current fixations. Okay. So my current fixation is Mariana Hewitt's podcast. 
I love it mm-hmm. because it is shorter to the point. So a lot of the podcasts I go to, I now go to the host. I want to hear from the host life. Like I love Sahara Roses uh, solo episodes. I love Almost 30 solo episodes. I love Kathy Heller's. But what Mariana Hewitt really adds to the podcasting world, I believe, is these short to the point, boom, 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 question answer podcasts that I thought we thought were dead or wasn't the strategy to go, but she went that strategy and it really works. I love going to her podcast when I want to hear from a female founder, but I don't necessarily want to hear a lifestyle conversation. I just literally want to hear the bullet points of this person's career. And so I have been thoroughly enjoying it. You know, she had Lauren Ireland on the podcast. I listened to Mariana Hewitt and Lauren Ireland on the Skinny Confidential and was really, really surprised, not surprised, but really impressed by the two of their acumen and the way they talk about business, et cetera. And so I was kind of more in pursuit of finding the two of them as a guest on podcast because I think they're a really interesting interview together about Summer Fridays. And so she had Lauren on her podcast. But all around, I really enjoy it because especially when I already listen to a longer one in the morning and I still have 30 minutes of my routine, I just put on one of hers and I always get immense value. She's a really good interviewer, which makes sense because she went to school for TV hosting and journalism, et cetera. So that is my current fixation. I am a Mariana Hewitt fan. She is also embodying the Jenny Kane lifestyle. Her home is impeccable. Impeccable. When I... Oh, also... Okay, wait. I don't know if I... <laughs> I don't know if I should say this on the pod, but I'm here we are. Um, so you know in Lacey Phillips' is to be magnetic manifestation work. Is Mariana Hewitt... Is Jenny Kane or Mariana Hewitt your, like, ideal mom? So, okay, so if you guys don't know, Lazy Phillips tells you to imagine parents that are basically like, because you're reprogramming some like childhood impressions, you know, not necessarily traumas, just like things because your parents are humans and that's just, you know, they're not going to be perfect, which is totally fine. So she has you like, imagine if it's not your parents, it's like someone else. And I literally... (laughs) imagine Lauren Ireland and her husband because I just imagine me in that house growing up with like just like my my parents giving me everything I want and like the parents are nurturing you giving you everything supporting you and like our, our parents did that too for sure but it was it's just so interesting that now in my subconscious I have Lauren Ireland as mine that is the most epic incredible confession that, that was has, a confession. Oh, it's a confession. I'm fucking DMing Lauren Ireland and telling her. We're going to cut this clip. We're going to send it to her. We're going to see if she thinks we're total fucking creeps. Probably. Oh, she's going to think we're nuts. But I understand why you feel that way because what I've heard from her in the last 24 hours on different podcasts, I kind of went on a binge. She's not on many. She's like on three. She has a really beautiful relationship with her husband and it sounds like they mm-hmm. run a really intentional and awesome ship at home yeah I mean first of all their kids are gorgeous and I just I just feel like she is such a balanced and incredible mom as well I mean I don't from what I see from what she portrays on the internet it just feels like she is so loving and giving so I think that's why I thought of her when I that first person I just the first family I thought of also her husband uh has a bourbon company called off hours which is spectacular the branding of course impeccable 
Did we expect anything less? No. Did I run to the liquor store to buy it? Yes. Even though I don't like bourbon, I like scotch. But so I did buy I it. I have not consumed Lauren Ireland's content on Instagram. <laughs> basically at all. Like a little bit. So oh, what I know of her so, is just podcast interviews. So I, and I think, no, I think I do follow her. I was on her Instagram yesterday. But I'm just saying that like it's so cool because my impressions of her totally match up with what you're telling me based off her Instagram because she's super eloquent and she does have this really grounding, balanced perspective. It's Mm -hmm. not, she's interesting in interviews because it's not as if like when she talks, it's just super practical advice, but it's not necessarily advice that is super easy to come to. It feels like, so I, I, yeah, I'm starting to really admire her. Mm. Wow. This has become a Lauren Ireland. Stan account. <laughs> All right. My current fixation. I am going to give a recipe. I think this is a first, a first Mads OK Sis recipe current fixation. Are you ready? I already gave uh, the sneak peek to our Geneva Community Center, but I will uh, recount it here. I found this recipe on TikTok. I only save the very, very easy recipes on TikTok. And why I love finding recipes on TikTok is because it has to be done in, you know, a minute or less. So it usually lends itself to really easy uh, recipes and I can watch the person do it. So it feels uh, a little little easier for me for the challenged of cooking that I am. And it is a beautiful summer salad. It's cut up hearts of palm. Hearts of Palm is where it's fucking at. I always have cans of Hearts of Palm in my house. I was sleeping on Hearts of Palm. I was sleeping. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Hearts of Palm. We got cherry tomatoes. We got avocado. We got cilantro. And we got a squeeze of lemon and some salt. Whip it. Mix it. So a nice snack. A nice little lunch. Ugh. That actually does sound really good. I implore good. you all to yeah, nourish to your body that, that. I feel like way. I have all those ingredients in my house except the cilantro. I have to get the cilantro. Most people do. Yeah, that's a good one. Most people do. <gasps> Did you know so that's that my, my garden, which is a sacred oasis, is now bearing passion fruit? Bearing? <laughs> yeah, it's bearing passion fruit. And, yeah, and shishito peppers. I am so gr- happy for you, Scout, you and your garden. They're, it's flourishing. It's thriving. It's just a part, an extension of your identity. I love the, you know, stories that you post where you're like, I just feel more comfortable on the earth of my garden. And you're just like, you come back from Chicago like, oh, a city life is great, but have you been in a garden? Like... <laughs> You fucking dick. <laughs> the, the city one was so good. Scout comes back from Chicago. She takes a photo of her garden and says, City life is great for some time, but have you been in a garden? <laughs> this is a PSA to anyone who feels like they're embarrassed to post on the internet because someone will judge you. Someone will judge you. Okay, someone will judge you and we continue on. See, someone will always judge you. Yeah, so you I might, might as well post, well it. You post know, that's the grounding, healing, bearing fruit vibes that my garden provides my nervous system. Yeah. 
look, it calmed me. It soothed me. But I just, I, I like to poke fun. <laughs> I like to poke, you know? <laughs> okay. If you're looking for more garden content, go watch my YouTube video of my dad's no, garden. No, 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 no. That is not a plug. That is okay right now after making total fun of me. And now you're fucking capitalizing on the garden oh. content. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before. And we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast. Because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right, 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S dot com. 
promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, anyways, you, oh you're my God, coming the over. You're coming over soon. And so, no, no, no. You can't eat the fruit on my garden. No. <laughs> no, no, no. The Garden of Eden. You cannot eat the fruit. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> the floor-printed passion, the passion fruit. I'm going to hide the shishito peppers. I'm going to hide the strawberries. Oh, my God. Okay. <gasps> Don't worry about your shishito peppers. <laughs> I also have squash. I mean. Oh, God. Wow. That is. That's a feat. To grow squash. I mean, I that's do interesting. It. I have someone who tends to the garden. I know. Yeah, you no. don't do any of that. You just observe the garden and take from it. Well, I give. You do not give. I give by paying people to come and tend to the <laughs> garden. So I do give because if I didn't do that, the garden would be decimate. Yeah, it would die. Would die. It would die. <laughs> Got it. Great. Love it. Would you ever consider going into gardening itself? I'm trying to, I'm trying, no, it's You're not, not a that. dirty I'm trying to person. fucking sub- subtract from the responsibilities in my life. Like I don't, I, my garden is oh. huge. Okay. Oh, right, this is yeah. like, I'm not a retired person. Okay. Right. Like our dad, like he need. well, he's not retired, but like, yeah. You need time. You need some time and, to tend um, it's to not my. Garden. It's not my passion. So Adam really takes care of the cacti around the house, the plants, the horticulture. That's just not my passion. I don't think to water things ever. It's just not my jam. And I can really appreciate the intense grounding and nourishing aspects of having a garden. And so it's something that I prioritize and budget accordingly so that I can have it. Wow. Love that. We love uh, Did you prioritizing say the garden. Oh. Yes. Oh, that's it right. I recipe. forgot. We've gone so off the rails. To be honest we've gone really you know no we're talking about wholesome oh. foods oh that's right that's how we got there okay yes now my brain is starting to place yep. that together okay sisters we will stop i don't even know if this is translating properly as all, all of our episodes um we are so excited because we have kim johnson from geneva on the podcast today if you are not in the geneva community center you're missing out it's all i can say what is you doing? Girls are having conversations. Sisters are having conversations left and right. This is in substitution of our Facebook group. We found Geneva, which is this incredible community app. And we have rooms like Mazel Tov, where you get to write in your wins. We have a current fixation room. We have an entrepreneurship room where you get to plug your businesses. We have a random room. We have a mental health room. We have a book club room. We got everything there. So um, you can go into the show notes, the link in the show notes to get the link to come join us over there but this episode is super special because we talk a lot about the true meaning of community which kim who is the community lead at geneva says that the sisterhood is exceptional and it's all thanks to you all you you beautiful soul that i'm speaking to you through your earbuds your airpods it is you that built this like 
we we touch upon this a little bit, but you know, as we reflected on this community and what and what we've built with OKSIS, like we didn't know that we were doing like successful community building strategies. Like we honestly were just so enamored that people were listening to us that we just got so excited to connect with people. And that's always been this incredible ancillary benefit to running a podcast and growing a podcast is that this community comes along with it. So you will get insane tangible steps, especially if you are starting a brand, you are starting a business and want to build authentic, engaged community around it. She gives amazing, amazing tips. And it's just, she's just so wholesome. And I honestly, I could see her in your garden. She's a little bit of a mixture of you and me because she had the same color nail polish as you. And she wore a bandana that you tried to wear. And so I think stylistically, maybe Mm. she's more like you. However, an afternoon in the garden with tea, I think her and I, her and I can, uh, yeah. Hundo. Oh, uh, 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 a hard hundred percent. A hundred percent. We are a hundred percent. So everyone join our Geneva because I'm going to be posting a side by side of her bandana versus my bandana. And she's like a chic goddess. Uh, and incredible Maddie is woman, And I looked daughter. like. <laughs> from Fiddler, from on, Fiddler the on the Roof. Like, I just don't understand this trend and, like, why it doesn't work for me. But um, we will be doing fun stuff like that in our in our community center. So feel free to join it. And let's get into this conversation with Miss Kim Johnson. Kim, you are wearing a bandana headband thing. Now, I need to tell the sisters yeah. because... I tried to get on this trend of wearing what what you have on your head. And I looked like Yenta from Fiddler on the Roof. Like, I looked the most Jewish than I... Like, how do people pull it off like you do right there? Yeah, Kim, you look better than Mads and I look on our best podcasting day. <laughs> wow, you guys, I will literally come on anytime you need me to. Happy to join. Um no. Okay. I felt like I looked absolutely ridiculous the first time I wore my little scarf yeah. out too. You have to commit and just keep going. Okay. You know, yesterday I had old pigtails. I had my pigtails, my scarf. Kim, you and know I what? Like, or, love it. or, you know, you got to know when to retire the trend. And I, and I think in Maddie's case, it, it was a retirement. I'm going to send you a photo. Like you're going to die. I just, <laughs> I looked up. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> but truly, truly, I, honestly, you need you need to send me the photo, Maddie. I really, you'll get it. I just you'll get it. When is. I send it to you, you'll get it. It was like full fiddler on the roof. Honestly, it reminds me. I okay. So when I was in college, I used to, I used to wear a side part like we all did, and I went to the hairdresser and I was like, you know. I want to change it up. And he was like, let's do a middle part. And I do a middle part now, but he was like, let's do a middle part. And I was like, oh, I don't think that that's like a very good look for me. I don't think that that's a good idea. And he was like, oh no, 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 no. He literally like does the middle part and immediately was like, mm, we're just going to put that. <laughs> I was like, I was like 20 and I was like, oh, oh my God. But I needed that honesty. I, I really did need the honesty. And I, he was right. It, Whatever was happening with my forehead, it was not 
the appropriate look for me at that time. Yeah. So we have always been middle part people. So we're very grateful for the trend that is now like coming back to the middle part because we were never side part people. We also have very big Jufros. Um, so it's like that doesn't really work for this for us. You know what I mean? The only time I did a side part was when I straightened my hair for like homecoming. The only way a side yeah. part works is straight hair. Like you, you can't have curly hair and yeah. not a side part. No. And I'm not talking no, wavy not hair. I fucking hate it when girls post no, photos on Instagram and they're like, my hair is curly. I'm like, no, it's wavy. It's a wave. <laughs> uh, real like curl at the root. The side part doesn't work. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. When I started wearing my hair, I mean, my hair is not actually natural right now but like when I started wearing my hair naturally curly that's when I started doing the middle part because obviously yeah well you look incredible the community the community center that is okay sis on Geneva welcomes this bandana thing on you with open arms we'll do a side by side of Kim and me in Geneva and do a poll and (laughs) oh my god stop Oh yeah. So Kim, do you know, do you know that we call, um, our Geneva home, the community center because one day you do. Okay, good. Because we, (laughs) we were announcing it one day and Scott was like, join our community center. And I was like, you have spent way too much time at the Jewish community center in San Diego. Like, Why are you calling this a community center? So now we've just kind of, we've leaned in, we've leaned in for sure. I will tell you guys, you are the only people who use that phrase for your home. It's going to catch on. And I love it. I love it. Big fan. Don't stop. And I think that you will also encourage many others. So, yeah, it's it's fabulous. When I first saw you guys use it, I was like, oh, <laughs> you're like, okay, oh, great. Yeah. They, are they, do we they not that. know we what it's it. called? Okay, great. Love it. Innovative. No, it's innovative. <laughs> and we love innovation. Okay, so let's start off, first of all. Just let's blanket statement. What is Geneva? Um, first of all, sisters, if you don't know what Geneva is, you probably don't listen to OK Sis. So welcome. Hello. We are on Geneva, which is to me, I define it as a community based app similar to Slack, but not. How, how do you guys define it? Yeah, I mean, we're, a, you know, to put us simply, we're a group communication app. So honestly, for every kind of social group or community, everything from like your 12 person book club, your 50 person sorority chapter to your 200 person brand ambassador program, your, you know, chats about mental wellness, your K-pop fan clubs, every kind of iteration of your like community or social group, that is who we're for. Definitely, you know, you can think of us as kind of like a social Slack where our structure is similar to Slack, but we're for social groups and communities. I don't think that this is in your specific brand messaging, but the way I view it is that content creators specifically were looking to Facebook groups Mm -hmm. to have a place where we could have group dialogue, have forums, et cetera. But that also fell short in so many ways because one, you have to go to Facebook. So there's that. Yeah. And then two, you can only have an ongoing forum. You can't necessarily have chat rooms and all these functionalities. And Matt has been saying for the last year and a half, I'm like, you have to get in the Facebook group. Like you're not in the Facebook group. And she's been resenting the fact that that's where our community lived and yeah. was like, there needs to be another place. And so what I love about Geneva so much is that yes, it's a chat. You can like 
text like slack yeah but it's organized with so many different types of groups we have a mazel tov room yeah. we have a current fixation room we have a random room where i asked who the baby was from Lollapalooza. it's like it's like hey, a whole Scout, thing once and for all it's the baby <laughs> it's not the <laughs> baby <laughs> oh my god i was in my mind i was like what is the baby at Lollapalooza? <laughs> That's what I was asking Kim oh all weekend. Scout. Like, oh my god, we just Scout. we can't, we can't today, we can't today, Scout. Sorry, um, but I, it's so true that it feels so different than any type of community-based uh, touch point. I feel like, and I think there was such a need for something, something like this. I want to talk to you because. We've had a lot of Glossier alums on OKSIS. We've had Diana Cohen from Crown Affair. We've had Melanie Mazarin from Gia. And you were a community lead at Glossier, which is arguably one of the most like robust and successful (laughs) communities out there. So what made you want to make the switch to Geneva? And how was it kind of pitched to you as this like novel idea? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. So when I started building community at Glossier, we had this event in 2015, December of 2015, for some of our kind of top customers. And after the event, I got pinged by so many people who were like, I've met my best friends here. This was so incredible. How can I stay connected to everyone? So I was like scrambling, trying to get a little directory together so that people could connect on Instagram or whatever. And then I was like, why don't I just actually create a space where we can connect all these people? And so that's how we started the Glossier Slack in 2015, um, which eventually really grew. And that was a big kind of first piece of what Glossier community looked like. And it was just, you know, over that period of time, I was always struggling with like, why is it that Slack from a just structure standpoint feels like it makes the most sense for our community? But like, this is not, we're not using Slack in its intended way. And so there were so many kind of obstacles for me constantly that I was just dealing with as a community manager and as a person like trying to bring people together there on a product that's really amazing for work teams, but isn't built for for communities or social groups, right? And so when I got connected to the team here at Geneva, um, it was actually really early on. Like, you know, I I got connected to the founder and the the founding team when they were just starting to build the app, had like not fully come up with a name yet. And I was like, this is just so cool. And like, and you know, for myself, all I thought of was like the work I was doing and all of my own kind of like social groups and communities that are just kind of like desperately um, on Instagram or in, you know, a bunch of different places. And so I was like, this is really cool. I, I want to stay connected to this in whatever way I can. Um, and that was, that was two years ago, two years ago and some change. And I just kind of kept my eye on what they were doing and what the team was building. Cause I just thought it was really, um, really excited and needing needed. And, you know, um, from there, you know, I just hopped on over it for me is like, I think I've been really lucky at, you know, to be really young in my career, but to have worked in two places where like, I fully believe in what the companies that I work for are building. And that's just very exciting. And so that for me was, was what was just like the no brainer about Geneva. I was like, I know that on a personal level, I need this, but I also know what it can do for so many of us who are 
to your point, Scout, like looking for that place to like bring your people together and actually have real conversations in a way that is more intimate than, you know, what, what you can do on Instagram and more structured than what you can do on something like a Facebook group. Yeah. And you, you, what you bring up about Slack, like I get PTSD when I get the like notification from Slack because it's work. Like you don't want to have, yeah, like your off hours. You don't want to like be hanging out on Slack. It's so true. So there really was this need. Um, I want to talk to you about kind of like the metrics of a successful community. I'm sure you get this asked all the fucking time. And I think it's the number one question that brand builders or founders are trying to crack at this moment is how do you keep and build a community? How do you keep them engaged? How do you maintain and sustain the spirit of it? And then scale that, right? Because a little, you know, anecdote from Scout and I is, when we started OKSIS, I think what has been so successful for us when building this community was we we relate to people on like a one-on-one basis. Like we will get on the phone with people. We will send voice notes. We scout all of her employees she's hired from from OKSIS and from fans from OKSIS. Like our whole lives are built on one-on-one connection with each of our followers and each of the people in our community. So I think that has been and I and I think that's built trust. I think the people in our community and the sisterhood completely understand who we are, what we're trying to build. And I don't even know if it was a strategy it was more so just like, yeah, this is insane that you're listening to our podcast. Like we're going to talk to you. Like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't. Yeah. And then I realized that that's that was something that was a really successful strategy. So talk to us about like the metrics and how do you really define a successful engaged community? And the realities, the realities of building that community. Cause I think it's engaging and strategy and all of that is so important and what we're all top of mind, but talk about the realities of actually building an engaged community. Yeah. I think, I think both are such good questions. And I mean, On the first piece, I think you guys do this beautifully, but like one of the things that I tell people all the time is if you are building community, your group or your community just around yourself and yourself could be your brand, it could be your podcast, it could be your sorority, there's going to only be so far that your members can actually feel like they're taking part and they're engaging. But if you're building a space that is like not just about that one thing, right? But it's also a space for people to celebrate their personal wins. It's a space for people to have like vulnerable conversations that, you know, maybe aren't directly related to the podcast. Maybe they are, maybe they're in theme with what the podcast is about, but you're giving ownership of this space to your people. And I think on metrics, I I also think that there's this kind of correlation between your audience and your community, right? Like your audience that you have on social media and then your community that you create. And I think one of the biggest things that's so important is, you know, when you have an audience, you're telling a story to them. And the the kind of uh, space where you tell that story is yours. And you can decide what that story is. You can decide how you put it out into the world. But if you're going to build a space where you're actually really building a community and you're building connections, you have to give over some of that ownership to your people. Um, and you have to build a space that allows people to be vulnerable, to really contribute in in ways that they want to. Um, and I think that's essential, honestly, no matter what kind of community you're building. Um, and I think, you know, on metrics, quote unquote, I'm always like very hesitant, especially for people who are building a community for the first time to be like, you need to define X, Y, Z in order to 
you know, know that your community is successful because the reality is like, this is a very human thing. And as much as brands and companies and organizations want to start like taking, taking it on for themselves and like making it a part of their strategies, it is ultimately like the most human interpret, like articulation of, um, you know, what connection looks like. And so I think really the most important things are like, how are people actually engaging, right? Are are people showing up in your space? And to my point earlier, like feeling like they can contribute, feeling like they can be vulnerable, taking part. um, And, you know, I always think of it as like, who is taking part and who is kind of raising their hand to say, I really am invested here and I want to do more. And I think the more kind of ownership and accountability and responsibility you give your people, um, the more your community thrives, right? The more you're able to build something that's truly in partnership with people and that's truly serves what your people want and what they need. I think on the realities, there's so many realities of it. <laughs> there's so many realities of it. I, I think the most important reality is that you cannot build connections between people in a real way in a day. And it takes investment and it takes trial and error. And I don't know anyone who has built a space, a community or whatever, where um, they're, they've built real connections between people and, you know, they haven't tried and like failed in some ways and just kept iterating. It is literally the most important thing that you can do. I think you have to be, I think being a, a community manager or a leader in any way like that is you have to be a very humble person because you know, there are things that you're going to do, things that you're going to share with people, ideas that you're going to have, and they're just not going to hit. And you're going to have to like, be like, okay, I'm just going to brush it off and I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to figure out how to build something maybe that is more in line with what my people really want. But yeah, I think, I think being humble is like the most important thing when you're doing this work because otherwise it's going to kick you in the ass. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You said something that I thought was so good, the difference between an audience and a community. And I think that is such a great way to say like the audience is the number of Instagram followers you have. The community are the people liking and engaging with your content, right? Like there's just a different level. And I think that for so far we've been for so long, we've been chasing the audience when the real power, the real beauty, the real connection, the real movement and growth and action happens within the community aspect of your audience necessarily. And people in the audience level will come and go, they'll come and go, they'll come and go, they'll drop off, et cetera. But people in the community are the ones that feel invested. Like you always uh, hear about people with hundreds of thousands of followers who can't quote unquote, make a living from that audience. And then people who have 5,000 followers who are bringing in seven figure years. And so it's just such a testament to 
how we really should be placing more value on the community part versus the audience level. A thousand percent. And I think I think we're evolving a lot and very quickly, just like when it comes to how we engage as human beings on the Internet. And I think, um, you know, we've definitely seen the influencer slash like creator, quote unquote, world really kind of like bust open in the past 10 years. And I think the next iteration of that is going to be how do you actually build connection between people um, around whatever your thing is, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's wellness, whether it's um, I don't, literally, I mean, environmentalism, like there, it runs the gamut, right? But um, that, like, I think that that is really going to be the next iteration of what it means to be someone who is who is influential, right? online. And, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see like how that, how that evolves. And, um, but I totally agree. I think, you know, I think audience is a really has been such a focus. Um, and sometimes, you know, we get lost in, in calling audience community, but I think what community can really look like and what connection building can really look like in the next, you know, few years is going to be really exciting. Yeah. I want to expand on another topic that you mentioned was that in a community, it doesn't need to be laser focused on your product or that it's exact idea yeah. that it's centered around. It can be this holistic, beautiful thing where people can insert different angles that doesn't necessarily have to pertain specifically to your product. And I think about this a lot as I'm building Camber, which we're yes, on yeah. Geneva as well, if you guys want to join the Camber home. Um, and I think about this a lot because I ask people, you know, what's your most embarrassing travel story? Or, you know, or actually I asked, what is your most embarrassing travel hookup story? Which was <laughs> even fabulous. Even Elicited some great responses. Even better. Um, and then things like, what is your favorite travel sound? Like, is it a cafe sound? Is it a, is it a club? Is it, you know, nature? What is it? To identify, you know, these different angles of travel. You know, we've, although we're in the travel space, like I never really wanted to yeah. call it a travel app. It was more so this like discovery and exploration and kind of does, who are you when you are stumbling across yeah. a hidden gem? And it's, and it's so much more than just quote unquote travel and travel hacks and tips and whatever. So I totally, totally agree with that. And I, I want to ask you, what is like, I mean, because you've probably just been observing so many amazing examples of this and like successful examples of this. Like, what are some things that come to mind, examples of communities who have really done this well, where, um, you know, it's not necessarily an initiative about the product or the brand itself, but it just, it, it, it brings people in and it, Oh, I'll say one because it just came to my mind. Um, the founder of topicals, Olamade, she was on okay, Sis as well. And she said that they did this incredible, like quiz that uh, combined skincare mm -hmm. and astrology because they just knew that their consumers, obviously Gen Z, obsessed with astrology, obsessed with skincare. And then they created like your skin sign and it went completely viral. She was like, that's how you do community, not commenting on Instagram. Like that is community. And it just, it, you know, it just sparked some inspiration for me, like taking that extra step and that care about really knowing your, your, uh, audience, who they are and what they want to like, make it grow yeah. like wildflower, right? Wild, yes. wildfire. Wildfire. 
So what are some examples <laughs> or wildflower, you know, um, what are, what are some examples that you've seen that are been like killer? Yeah. I mean, I think of it in two ways. I think there is like the expansion of how your community connects with each other and then the like deepening of that. Right. And so if you think about the expansion, we have, you know, this incredible community called the inner cycle, um, which is a community for a period care brand called August. And what they've done so beautifully in their home is they've created this space where, yes, there's conversations about August, but um, more than that, I was actually talking to someone who's a member of, of the Inner Cycle this morning, and she was just like raving about it being her second family. More than that, they've created a space where people who are menstruators can have really intimate personal conversations about cravings. They literally have a room in their home for like, cravings. They have a room in their home for relationships and dating, right? And so they've like expanded what it means to be someone who takes part in this space. And I think they've done that really beautifully. And I think, you know, for anyone who's building something like that, you know, creating those spaces that where you can facilitate that kind of intimate conversation is so beyond valuable. Like I, you know, you can't even, you know, in some ways quantify it. It's just like so incredibly valuable. And then when it comes to deepening, I think I've seen a ton of, of communities. I'm thinking mostly about, we have an incredible like wellness podcast group on Geneva and they have started to have city and like regional specific rooms in their home where they've actually now have members who have started regional rooms for their areas. And those members are now like taking ownership of those rooms, right? They're like, planning meetups with the people who are in those areas. And they've actually kind of like given the keys to a certain extent to their members to say, hey, let's deepen this. Like, let's pull it into real life. Let's deepen it. And let's give you guys the ability to um, to connect with people who are around you who are also like a part of this world. And so I think that that those two ways, the kind of expanding of how people can take part here and then the deepening of when they're there, how can they actually like one layer deeper, one layer more intimate with how they're like who they're talking to, how they're engaging is to me always really, really exciting to see. Yeah, my favorite part about our OKSIS Geneva Community Center is that I don't have to be not I don't have to be yeah it's not about me being in there 24 7 it's not actually about me and Mads starting conversations or checking in or trying to provide and entertain and do this and this and this I get notifications all day fucking long of women who are talking to each other like one girl we have a mental health room and I thought to myself oh is it going to fall on me to give mental health advice to everybody and it's that the opposite happened. Someone posted about something and then yeah. there was this whole dialogue helping this woman and giving advice. And I, I didn't saw even it. have to I saw really it interject. It and it, yeah, it was amazing. Like it just made me realize that our Geneva community center is yeah. so not about me and Mads. It's just not, it's, it's about all of us getting to talk to one another, which is such a beautiful yeah. sign of a community that's like-minded, that's supportive, which is, you know, the sisterhood in general, we're all rad. But I thought that was really interesting. The minute we started Geneva was that it was everybody else talking to everybody else and helping everybody else with advice and empowering everybody. Yeah. Going back to what you said earlier, Mads, like it can't be understated how much that is a testament to just you guys and like the space that you have created broadly with OKSIS. I think, um, that doesn't always happen anywhere, right? And I think that 
when you've created a, a world really, which I think is what you guys have built that people feel like they're real like owners in, they feel like they're real partners and like members and active participants in it just blows open like how people can actually take part and show up and then what value they actually get in their life from the world that that you guys have created and i think that is just such a beautiful thing and it's really exactly how we think about you know when we think about our vision for like who are we building for in geneva what do we want to see that is it we want to be able to connect people to build those deeper relationships with the people who are part of the worlds, whether it be in person or virtually, that they're already in and just, you know, bring everyone, build those connections really. So yeah, it can't be like overstated how how much that is a testament to y'all. Yeah. Okay, last question before we get into our our question that we ask every single guest on OKSIS, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about digital versus in-person. Obviously with the past year, digital communities grew exponentially. It was basically our only option. Now that, you know, we might be moving towards a more in-person community type of environment. I know that you guys are promoting that and trying to figure out a way to get that going. What do you think are the pros and cons maybe to digital versus in-person? Because I am obsessed with digital communities. I think there's something so beautiful and I, I feel a lot more, I think, vulnerable. I mean, yeah. most people do or they can, you know, you're behind a screen. You can like really uh, express yourself in a way that you wouldn't be yeah. able to in person, which is, you know, in its own right, a little interesting. But I wonder, you know, I wonder what what that line is and and not. I guess one is not better than the other, but how do you guys see those realms kind of intersecting or existing with one another? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think to your point about, you know, being able to like be yourself a little bit more in a virtual world, I think that there's very much an underscoring that is important of just like humanness, for lack of a better term, that can really show up in IRL connections, communities, meetups, what have you. And that for us is a really, really important part of how we think about what Geneva as a product does. Um, so, you know, you guys know, but like you don't show up in Geneva as a username. You don't show up as like cool cat girl 32. You show up as Kim Johnson. So what you say is, is Kim Johnson and you're accountable to who that person is in that space. And that is like very intentional for us. And, and a really important part, I think of marrying what is beautiful and important about in-person connection building conversation and community with a digital world. And I think on top of that, you know, I, I don't think that like in-person connection, that's never going to go away. It's just not. And it like, it shouldn't, that's very important for all of us. But I think that there will be more of a marriage between the two as we go forward. I think the beauty of virtual and digital, you know, communities or connection building is that it is kind of limitless in the sense that you can actually have conversations with someone who is in another state or in another country who, you know, you really feel like, oh my God, this person is, you know, they're reading the same book as me, or we're actually having the same issue at work, or we're part of the same environmental club, right? Just like different chapters of it. And I think that is a beautiful thing that 
we that is like so important for us to harness and really push forward into the next few years as, as community building quote unquote becomes even bigger but i think i think irl is is so important and you know to the extent that groups can bring people together in smaller ways in person it's so essential and it it will it will continue to be and i think the most important thing is to like layer that humanness into the virtual experience so that actually having those IRL meetups is something that people want to do, right? I think what we've seen a lot on Geneva is that a lot of groups and communities are starting to have like in-person, you know, city-specific meetups or in-person events. And it's, I think my hunch is that it's really just a very natural extension of the, the space that we've built in a way that I think is kind of unique. And I think is is just where things are going. I think that marriage is actually going to be more important than the like the one or the other. It's so true. As I sit here and think about it, you know, we Mm -hmm. used to do this podcast only in person and then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And so we've been doing this virtually and it's coming to a point now where we're meeting up with people that we've met through the podcast, through Instagram. I just think all of us were on Instagram all year. There's so many women that I met just on Instagram and it kind of feels a little bit as if it's this almost like this filtering step that you go towards. So when you meet people in real life, you're, you don't know if that person has the same values as you or the same interests, or if you're going to connect of what, what their vibe is, et cetera. And when you meet someone on the internet or in a digital community like Geneva or on Instagram, et cetera, and you exchange stuff, it's because you see something that you really relate to, aspire to, love to be a part of, et cetera. So there's already like this active decision to be in that person's circle. And so when you meet in real life, it's just stronger. It's just exciting, which is so interesting and something I think we're going to definitely see is like Mads and I as podcasters, we've met so many women this last year and a half virtually and to see them in person is going to be wild. So I think it's, I've actually never thought of digital communities as kind of like this prerequisite towards actual real authentic in person stuff. Oh, for sure. I mean, I it, it reminds me of uh, this podcast I was listening to with the founder of Tinder, who you know is problematic in his own right, but he did say something very smart. He was like, "Look, we're we're not a dating app. We are a meeting app. You literally meet the person. You make that connection, and as you mentioned, limitless. It can be someone that you just had would in no other way have interacted with this person. So it broadens your views and who you're connecting with and who you get to see and be exposed to, and then." you meet them exactly what Scott was saying you meet them on this digital space and then hopefully we can kind of come into uh an IRL meetup and actually make a connection in real life but it is it is like a a first step to get there yeah it's like a application process um before we ask our favorite question at the end Kim you sent us some Geneva merch love it question for you are you watching Loki the tv show no wait I don't even know what that is so Loki is it's okay Kim it's okay no it's not okay because (laughs) Geneva is on the fucking zeitgeist Loki is Thor's brother from the Marvel universe and he now has his own tv show which is just so fucking good Part of the show is the timekeeper's place. And one of the 
icons from Loki is a very similar vibe to the Geneva merch. And so I'm recognizing this kind of like 1950s, 1960s, mid-century TV character, which is really where Loki's takes place TV show and the Geneva. And so I just thought this is something to keep my eyes open for. Wow. I will literally, I, now that I looked it up, I just Googled it while you were talking about it, Scout. Do you see what I'm talking about? I know what about? you're talking about. Of course I know the show. Okay. I know the show guys. I've never seen it. I have nothing. I know nothing about it, but I've, I've seen like something related to it. So okay. it's amazing. <laughs> We've okay. seen a billboard. We've Just wanted something. to say that there's something going on in the zeitgeist around this. Uh, there is. Okay. Clearly there is. Also, I just wanted to say that I really love your guys' microphones and I wish I had one too. Thank you. Oh my God. Oh, it, it feels like um like we're pop stars yeah. a little bit. It's like Hannah yeah, Montana kind of takes over when I have the mic. Okay. So the last question we love to ask our rad female guests that come on OKSIS is if you could brag about one thing and don't be humble, what would you brag about? Mm, yes. I should prepare for that question because I actually knew it was coming. Um, if I could brag about one thing and don't be humble, what would I brag about? Hmm. Probably it would be the fact that I can kind of talk to anyone. I know it's part of my job, but I was a like painfully introverted child and I grew up and like just became someone who is like, I'm still an extroverted introvert for sure. But I do think that one of my most valuable talents is the fact that I can actually have great chats with most people. Someone is going to comment on this podcast and be like, I chatted with her and I actually thought she was kind of boring. But I don't think that's the case. I actually don't think that's the case. Um, Never boring. That would definitely be, that would be the thing. I love that. That's beautiful. That's an incredibly sought after skill. That is something that not only was it something that you basically weren't born with and that it was more so something you had to learn and persevere through. That makes it that much more incredible. A thousand percent. And I do feel good about that. I love that. And I would never brag about that. But since we're discussing, I'll make that my thing. We forced you. The point of the question. Yeah, we forced (laughs) you. Okay, Kim, can you let everybody know where they can find you and Geneva? And before that, sisters, if you are interested in joining our community center, the link will be in the show notes or you can DM us on Instagram at Podcast. We will send you that link, which you should because we released our merch in there um, and it is only released in our Geneva community center. So, okay, Kim. Tell everyone where they can find you. Okay. You guys can find, well, you can find anything that you need about Geneva. If you want to just like learn about us, you can go to Geneva.com. But if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Kim Johnson dot underscore. So perks of having a very common name on Instagram and on my email. I do give out my email all the time. I know a lot of people don't, but I just do because you know, why not is Kim at Geneva.com. So if you're like, this seems really cool. I want to bring my group here. I need to bring my group together. Where should I bring them? My group or community, just email me and let's chat. Beautiful. And you can find us on Instagram at OKSIS podcast. Love you sisters. Thank you sisters. Ah, mm, The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.